have, he opened one. You know, people with social media, sometimes they open it and they put a post or two. Then they don't post anything for several years. It's been five years. Three weeks ago, he posted something for the first time in five years. And so his post was talking about the fear knots in the Christmas story. And I'm like, that's where I'm going to go. So, Robert, you're the, you helped me out with the message today. The Lord used you to help me this morning. And so when we look at the scriptures today, I want to see several things. We're going to have our Bibles open. You're going to look at several pastors with me to begin here. And then we'll be able, some of the verses will be up on the screen as we get deeper into the message. But I want you to see some of these passages this morning. We just read here in chapter number one of Luke. We read how the angel came to Mary and told her in verse number 30, And the angel said to her, Fear not, Mary, for thou hast found favor with God. We go back earlier in chapter number one. And before Mary found out that she was going to have a son, that her cousin Elizabeth found out she was going to have a son. And Elizabeth, she had a son named John the Baptist. John the Baptist was the forerunner for Christ. The angel came to Zechariah, and look at what it says in verse number 12 of chapter 1 here in Luke. And when Zacharias saw him, he was troubled, and fear fell upon him. But the angel said to him, Fear not, Zacharias, for thy prayer is heard, and thy wife Elizabeth, she shall bear thee a son, and <coughs> shall call his name John. We go to chapter number 2 here in Luke. And now we see some shepherds. They're abiding in their field. Luke 2, verse number 8, the scripture says, And there were in the same country shepherds abiding in the field, keeping watch over their flock by night. And lo, the angel of the Lord came upon them, and the glory of the Lord shone round about them, and they were sore afraid. And the angel said to them, look there in verse number 10, Fear not, for behold, I bring you good tidings of great joy, which shall be to all people. We go back to, hold your place here, because we're going to be in Luke most of the message. Now go back to Matthew chapter number 1. Matthew chapter 1. And uh, when you look at the Gospels, there are the fourfold, they portray Christ in four different lights. And Matthew portrays him as king of the Jews and th shows his right to the throne of David through Joseph. The book of Luke shows Jesus as the son of man and shows through Mary's line. And so Joseph, we look at verse number 18, it says, Now the birth of Jesus Christ was on this wise, when as his mother Mary was a spouse to Joseph, they were engaged, they were not married yet, and uh, their engagement was a little bit different than what we do today. <clears throat> it says that um, before they came together, so before they did anything, that's the Bible's very clear, that Mary was a virgin. Young people in the room, it was a big deal to God to stay pure. And in, back in those days, it was even you look back in our country 30 or 40 years ago, it was a shame to get pregnant out of wedlock. Today it's a normal occurrence, but I want you to understand something, in God's eyes it's still not a good thing. God reserved a sexual relationship for marriage. That's what it is for. And young people learn to say no and wait till you get married. Say, but in our world today, no one can do that. I'm far from perfect, but I'll tell you this, I did it. And you can do it. And it's the right way to do it in God's eyes. Far before you fall in love with a person physically, you better get to know them and who they are. And it's very important. Back to the Bible, Matthew 8, 1, verse 18. Now the birth of Jesus Christ on this wise, when his mother Mary was a spouse to Joseph before they came together, <coughs> she was found with child of the Holy Ghost. And Joseph, her husband, being a just man and not willing to make her a public example, was minded to put her away privily. 
But while he thought on these things, you see how Joseph just didn't rush to a decision? Sometimes in life, we've got to be very careful. We want to we act now, and we don't think things through, and we just act. You see, Joseph took time to think. While he thought on these things, it says, Behold, <coughs> the angel of the Lord appeared unto him in a dream, saying, Joseph, thou son of David, fear not to take unto thee Mary thy wife, for that which is conceived in her is of the Holy Ghost. We see that phrase again, fear not. Fear has been a part of humans since the fall of man. Hold your place here and go with me to Genesis chapter number 3. Pastor, we're flipping all over the place this morning in the Bible. We are. After this, most of the verses will be on the screen. Then you can see those as we go through. Genesis chapter number 3 and look down at verse number 8. And they heard the voice of the Lord God walking in the garden in the cool of the day. And Adam and his wife hid themselves from the presence of the Lord God amongst the trees of the garden. And the Lord God called unto Adam and said unto him, Where art thou? And he said, I heard thy voice in the garden, and I was afraid, because I was naked and hid myself. God hath not given us the spirit of fear, but of power and of love and of a sound mind. Fear came into existence when sin entered into the picture. Before sin entered into this world, there was no fear. Fear entered in because of sin. And this morning, we think about everyone fears something. How many of you fear spiders? This little tiny thing. I wonder if the spider fears you. How many of you fear snakes? Being honest this morning. How many of you fear heights? Weren't you just riding your bike on a hill yesterday? <clears throat> oh, level, but what about over the edge? You just don't look at that, okay. So heights. Who fears, here's a good one. Who fears being in ca cars that you're not driving? Lori, there we go. Yes, there's one for Lori. I fear riding with my wife too. That's another one I could add to my list. How many fear, what's something else that you fear? What? Mice or rats. You fear lizards too. It's just a lizard. It's nothing. She screamed one time and I thought someone had died and it was just a lizard in the house. It was no big deal. The lizard was in the house. I know. Have you guys had any lizards in the house over there? I forgot to tell you, they come in every once in a while. So just treat them, just treat them like a friend. They're fam it's like family. It's all right. We count them in our church attendance every Sunday. Some people fear age. Some people fear gray hair. Anybody fear gray hair here? Oh, a couple of hands up. Yep. You start seeing at some point. And some of the ladies that were the younger ones, they're just, they're still young, but when their hair just looks a little different, like, yep, they're starting to color that hair to get rid of those gray hairs in there. And, uh, I'll just drop it there. I told Caroline I, would, I told Caroline I'd dye my hair, but she said she likes my gray, so I'm going to leave it there. And uh, all of you would cause it to come back quicker than it went away anyways. But who fears, uh, who fears the doctor? Hospitals? Tests? Needles? Needles, yeah. Yeah, the, I, I ran to someone the other day that I knew, and she said she was, she's been... <coughs> <coughs> she's a phlebotomy. She's been... So, you know, sticking... 
And I said, when they get ready to do it to me, I just look the other way, and I just cringe waiting for it to happen. And I always want the best person, but it seems like I get the one who cannot find a vein. And then they go digging, 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 till they finally find one. And anyways, yes, there's fear there. How many fear disappointment, rejection? We all do. Fear is a part of life. Some of the great men of the Bible had fear. Abraham, he feared. His wife is 70-something years old. And he was fearful that because she was pretty, that the men in Egypt would kill him so they could have his wife. So he had her lie in fear. Jacob displayed fear when Esau was coming because of what he had done, and there was fear. Moses fled Egypt because he feared Pharaoh. Moses feared rejection and wasn't sure if he should be the one to be the leader to lead them out of Egypt. The disciples feared the storm. I believe the disciples also feared they were shut up in the upper room after Jesus died on the cross. Fear is a part of our lives. Nothing has changed from the Garden of Eden, the fall of man, to today. People are still caught up in fear. And fear grips us. And fear, people fear death. As a believer and a child of God, the Bible's told us, these things have I written unto you that believe on the name of the Son of God, that you may know that you have eternal life. You don't have to fear death. I might still fear how it happens a little bit, but you don't have to fear death because to be absent from the body is to be present with the Lord, and you can have all your fears taken away with a relationship in Jesus Christ. But we see in the Bible here today the fact that the Bible tells them not to fear. Do you know at Christmas we fear? Do we have enough money to get everyone that we need to a present? Who said you have to buy everyone and their grandma a Christmas present? I don't think that that's written down anywhere. But somehow we got, man, I went into so much debt this Christmas. And we all plan that our um, tax returns pray they're good enough to pay back the debt that we have from Christmas. We fear that. We fear seeing some family that we only see every Christmas. And how is it going to go? Are we all going to get along? There's fear. Fear of uncertainty. Fear of change. I was visiting someone yesterday, and they said, for the past 48 years, Christmas has always been at my mom's house. Mom's still alive. Her mom still is in good health. The one year they didn't have it at her mom's house was the year that her dad was real sick before he died. And she said, so my older sister, and leave it, older sisters, they're always a pain. And I totally understand. I've got one sister. She's an older sister, and she's wonderful part of the year. But sometimes, you know, they get these ideas and things. Say, you two over here, which one's the older sister? Do you understand what I'm talking about with older sisters? You got me? Okay, see? Yeah, this is one of those things you just pick up on it. And uh, <clears throat> but she said that her older sister decided it's time for a change. No more Christmas at mom's. We're going to start doing it at each other's houses. And somehow this lay in our church, she got volunteered for the first one. And she's like, I don't like change. Because what I think of is that was the year my dad got sick and something's wrong. Fear creeps in all the time in our lives. There's a great um, Scottish preacher by the name of John McNeil, and he told that during his childhood he had to walk a very long distance home every evening, and his route led him through a forest with, with a large ravine, and reports said that wild animals and gangs of robbers were often seen in that area, and great fear would seize his heart as he made his way past the spooky-looking trees. 
<coughs> he recalled one, he said one night, it was especially dark, but I was aware that something or someone was moving slowly and quietly toward me. And I was sure it was a robber. <clears throat> when a voice called out, its eerie tone struck my heart with fear. I, was, I thought I was finished. Then came a second call. This time I could hear the voice say, John, is that you? It was my father. He had known my fear and came out to meet me. It was a word from John McNeil's father that brought peace to his heart that night. And we as fearful human beings need a word from our God, our Father, about fear. We all fear. Things that we fear. I remember in Montana, the first time I was going hunting, you get up and you go like 3 o'clock in the morning. It's, it's, you cannot see a thing. It's fog everywhere. And the law is you can't shoot your gun until it's daylight. So they're like, Brian, you start walking this way. Okay, walking this way. What does that mean? I don't know where I'm at. <clears throat> so I started walking that way. It's like 4 o'clock in the morning now. And you hear all these things. And you can see these eyes in the bushes and things. And you got a gun that you can't do anything with. There was some fear that day. Remember one other time we were scouting out a spot to go hunting. And that was before hunting season. You just couldn't carry your rifle around and all that. So we were out and about. Another man from the church. And right in front of us, a baby cub comes walking by. There was no fear in the baby cub. But where there's a baby cub is a mama bear. And we all know you don't mess with mama bears. It doesn't matter if they're the human mama bear or if they're the, or if they're the black bear mama. There was some fear. In life, there's fear. You take a test at the doctor, and there's fear when that phone call comes, what the case is going to be. This morning, I want to look at three instances in the story of Christmas. And when we talk about the story of Christmas, we're not talking about old Saint Nick or Rudolph or Frosty the Snowman or Elf or Home Alone. Although those are pretty good. Or Grinch, Jingle All the Way. I love that one too. Or It's a Wonderful Life, and I'll be watching that on Christmas. I'm not talking about those stories. We're talking about, about the birth of Jesus. You see, number one this morning, we'll dive right into the message. Number one, do not fear God's providence. Do not fear God's providence. Another way you can say that is the fear not of human impossibility. When we think of providence, we think of the care, guardianship, or control exercised by God. It's divine direction. In other words, it's the overruling watch, care, and involvement of God in the lives of His people. We see number one this morning, do not fear God's providence. First one we think of is Mary. We look at letter A underneath this, the calmness of Mary's life. We see in the scriptures back in Luke chapter number one, in verse 16, in, or verse 26 there as we read through, Mary's a young lady, probably between 15 and 18 years old. Somewhere in between there. See, she's a virgin young lady that is engaged to be married. Now, I have never heard a little boy ever go around. You go up to a little boy and say, hey, have you, what, what's, your, what's your dream wedding going to be like someday? Never heard a boy give one response to that. But you go ask some of those little girls outside. I dare you. Go up to Abby. Go up to Alyssa. I don't know. Elvie, she might not say anything. I don't know. But most of those girls, they have an idea. of They, they have planned what their wedding would be like. I'm sure she planned as a young girl, Mary, to... She's going to marry this great guy. And she did, by the way. 
Joseph was a great guy. We see the fact that this, her life, this is a good time in her life. She's about ready to get married. How many of you remember your engagement time? <clears throat> How many of you forget your engagement time? How many of you don't want to remember any of those things? And uh, Caroline and I, it's so funny, I mentioned it last service. We fought more in our engagement time than any other time. We were engaged eight months, and we probably fought more in those eight months than we have in 14 years of marriage. You say, why? She was so independent. She's a few years older than I am. I know that she looks a few years older than me. Everyone gets shocked when I say, they're like, Pastor, you look so much older than Caroline. She's older than me. And uh, older, I was going to say wiser, but we'll hold that statement for just a little bit. But she was independent. You know, she had her own car. She had all these things. And uh, we were both very stubborn, too. So our engagement, I enjoyed our engagement. Thank God that's over with, though. <coughs> And we're getting raised, you know, this year will be 14 years of being married. But engagement's a special time. You're planning your wedding. What color roses you want at your wedding or flowers, if you like flowers. What time of year you're going to have your wedding. Where you're going to have it. Do you have cake? Do you have a big meal? Do you have cupcakes? And then what flavor cake do you have and all that stuff. That's the, type, that's the time of Mary's life right here. That was a nice, calm, peaceful life. Isn't it nice when life is calm? When everything goes as we plan it? And that happens 5% of the life, maybe. doesn't happen very often. Mary's at a good spot in her life. Everything is going well. We see letter B, we see the challenge to Mary's life. Now think with me this morning. <coughs> Gabriel comes and makes his announcement, and he's going to turn Mary's life upside down right away. Mary's called upon to bear a child. She's not even married yet. In those days, According to Jewish law, you get pregnant outside of wedlock that you could even be killed for it. You're engaged. Your husband could divorce you privately and keep you put away. Or he could divorce you publicly and make a scene of it and the humiliation, the shame, and even her death. And the Lord says, Mary, I've chose you. The greatest blessing ever is the fact in Mary that God chose her. Think of all the shame she was going to face. How many people judge things without knowing the details? I'll do it. We look at so-and-so, oh, well, their life's probably like that because of that. How many people walk by Mary like she's not even married yet and she's pregnant? She's going to face shame, reproach, ridicule, humiliation. <clears throat> All of these things. You see, one of the things that we got to remember is the fact that the Christian life is never always going to be easy. There are crosses that we must bear. It's not always going to be wonderful. But the Lord promises to work it all out. You think about Mary and the fact, you think about she had her son later on. She wrapped him in swaddling clothes, identifying the fact that he was going to die someday. Not only did she face the shame and the humiliation as she was bearing him in public eye, but she had to go through all the pain and suffering of seeing her son beaten beyond recognition. Dying on a cross for the sins of the world. What a challenge came to Mary. And fear came. Why? The unknown. You know, we don't know what's going to happen in five minutes. Mary's life's going great, and God comes and says, All right, Mary, we're going to change some things. I need you to do this. Sometimes in life, we look at it and we look at things that happen, we're like, I just don't get it. I didn't want this to happen. I didn't want things to be this way. <clears throat> well, I want you to understand the secret to enduring challenging times in life 
is to trust the Lord. There's a lady named Nancy, and she earned a meager living by working hard. She was radiant, triumphant. She was a believer. And one day, a wealthy lady with a very gloomy outlook on life said to her, You're happy now, but what about later? Suppose your employer moves and you have no job. Or suppose Nancy broke in and said, Stop. I never suppose. The Lord is my shepherd. I shall not want. And then she added, all, And it's all those supposes that are making you so miserable. <clears throat> Why don't you just give those up and trust God completely where you are now? And that's what it comes down to. Mary, what a challenge. You're going to give birth to a son. Lord, it says there, how is this possible? I don't know a man. Oh, the Holy Ghost is going to come upon you. And you're going to give birth to the Son of God. 400 years before this time, there had been no open visions and God had not been dealing with men. 400 years. And then God comes, the angel of the Lord comes to Zechariah and then comes to Mary. And Mary, all of a sudden, she's going to be the one that God used. Imagine explaining to your friends the reason you're pregnant is because the Holy Ghost came upon you. Yeah, right. I could think of a better reason than that. Imagine her going to Joseph, her soon-to-be husband. I'm pregnant. And they know they haven't done anything. How would he take it? We see letter C. We see, Mary's, we see Mary, the consecration that she has of Mary's life. You see in verse number 38, here in Luke chapter number 1, Luke 1, verse 38, the Bible says, And Mary said, Behold the handmaid of the Lord, be it unto me according to thy word. And the angel departed from her. Oh, the Lord came. The calm life that Mary had, her life was never going to be what she dreamt it to be. There were some weights that she was going to have to weigh that no one else ever would. <clears throat> no one else will ever understand what it was like to have the Son of God as your earthly son. The Bible talks about often how she pondered in her heart the life she lived. She said, Lord, if that's what you want from me, I'll do it. Church, that's the attitude we got to have with God. Fear's going to come because we don't know the future. We don't know the uncertainty of tomorrow. But when Mary was saying, God, I trust you, and I'll do what you say. We need more Christians to be like Mary. Obey God. <coughs> Sorry, number two. <coughs> we don't need to fear God's plan. And people ask me, Pastor, why don't you just have a cough drop? I did two before I started preaching. If I'm sucking on a cough drop and trying to talk at the same time, my brain can't do both at the same time. That's the way God designed me. I can't chew gum and walk, kind of, but having a cough drop in my mouth and talking and thinking is too much for my brain to comprehend. So it just can't happen. So that's just me. I know some of you ladies can do a multitude of things and you get every little thing. It's hard for me to watch the football game and hear Caroline talking at the same time. Very difficult for me. That's why I thank God DVR is out there. You just pause it, listen real quick, and get right back to the game. Praise God. But anyways, number two this morning, we see not only do we not fear God's promise, but don't fear God's plan. We think about Joseph now, and we go back to Matthew chapter number one where we were a few minutes ago. And we see Joseph's life here. We see in verse number 18, now the birth of Jesus Christ on this wise, when his mother Mary was a spouse to Joseph. Think about this letter A, the pain of Joseph's life. Joseph, like Mary, was on the way to having all 
that a Jewish man could have asked for in that day. A good young lady he was about to marry. A whole future ahead of them. Great plans, engaged, getting ready for that day of the wedding and all those different things. Everything had fallen into place. And can you imagine how it felt that day when Mary came up to him and said, um, Joseph, my clothes aren't fitting me very well anymore. Why? I had morning sickness too. Why? I'm pregnant. You and I haven't been together. You know the first thought that went through his mind. She cheated on him. You know that's where that word would go. <clears throat> no, Joseph, you don't understand. It was the Lord's doing. He came to me and told me that this would take place. Can you imagine how drastic in one moment's time Joseph's life had changed? He could do one of two things, and I love the fact, as I mentioned before, he took time to think before he acted. But he could have divorced her publicly, caused her great humiliation. She could have even been put to death. Or he could have put her away privately and divorced her quietly and sent her away until the baby was born. <coughs> you know, we all face, we don't face things quite like what Joseph did here. But news comes, life changes in a matter of moments. Think of Job. And one day he lost almost all that he had. We don't know how everything's going to turn out. I wish I could say this morning that everything is wonderful in life and at all. That's what we got to understand. Everything that we go through in life will not be easy. God does promise to those that love him that everything will work together for good. That's the promise. Not that everything is good, but it will work together for good. There will be bad that happens in life. But I have faith in my God what he says is true <clears throat> when he says something he means what he says we see the pain of joseph's life we think about this how about the privilege of joseph's life he gets to be the one who helps train and rear joseph i mean jesus and we know the bible is very clear in this passage of scripture joseph is not the father of jesus the father's where the bloodline comes from if jesus was joseph's son jesus would be a sinner just like you and me the Holy Spirit conceived in Mary, that means Jesus Christ is the Son of God, and through him he has perfect blood. In order to pay our sin debt on the cross, as the Bible talks about, without the shedding of blood, there is no remission of sin. The only way, humanly speaking, that someone could pay for sins, God could not pay the price for us, because he didn't sin. Man must have paid for man's sins. And man was imperfect, so man couldn't pay for man's sins. So the only way possible for mankind to be redeemed and to be able to get to God was for God to send his son in the form of a man to die on the cross for us. It's the only way it could work. And think about this, the privilege that we think about that letter B, the privilege of Joseph's life. God sent the angel to tell him about what he was, he was going to gain so much more than what he would lose. And church, we got to remember, sometimes the Lord's assignments in our life, they're costly, but they always pay back far more than what's required of us. In fact, just the privilege of God calling us to do anything is a privilege. We see the priority of Joseph's life, let us see. See that found in verse 24 and 25. <clears throat> Joseph, being raised from sleep, did as the angel of the Lord had bidden him, and took unto him his wife, and knew her not till she had brought forth her firstborn son, and he called his name Jesus. Joseph did the same thing as Mary. Lord, I'll do it. I won't put Mary away. I'll do it. Normally, the firstborn in the family in those days would be named after the dad. This boy's name was different. 
It was Jesus, Savior of the world. But wondered why Zacharias wasn't going to name his son Zacharias Jr. Because God told him to call him John the Baptist. But we see the fact that though the pain and the not understanding, not knowing, Joseph trusted God. And it removed the fear. <clears throat> we see number three and lastly this morning. Do not fear God's presentation. You could say it this way, the fear not of salvation. You go back to Luke chapter number two and we read about those angels there. And the angel came to the shepherd and said, Fear not, for behold, I bring you good tidings of great joy which shall be to all people. The shepherds in that day, we think of letter A when we think about the shepherds, thinking about the burden of these shepherds. The shepherds of that day were social outcasts of that day. Why do you think they were the ones in the fields washing the sheep? They were some of the most vulgar, dirty, smelling, unkept people that lived during that day. They were religious outcasts. By the virtue of the job that they did, they couldn't even participate in the ceremonies that took place in the temple. <coughs> they were separated from both God and man. And if any man ever needed hope, these men needed hope. And that night, almost 2,000 years ago, Jesus, the angel, came to bring those shepherds hope. And this morning, 2,000 years later, the only hope that mankind has is the same message that those angels came and brought to those shepherds, the fact that Jesus Christ would be born to save the world from their sins. And the only hope our world has today is Jesus Christ. There is no hope in any other place. Some people trust in, and hope in so many things, but my hope this morning is built on nothing less than Jesus' blood and His righteousness. That's the only hope we could have. And you see, that's our natural state like these shepherds, lost, without hope, desperate, separated from God. That's why the Bible says, there is none righteous, no, not one. The wages of sin, it's death. You see the burden of these shepherds, we see letter B. We see the blessedness of these shepherds' lives. <clears throat> these outcast keepers of the lambs are the first to receive the news that the Lamb of God has come into the world. What a privilege was given to these shepherds. Why were these shepherds afraid? Because sin in the presence of God always brings fear. I mentioned it earlier, God hath not given us the spirit of fear, but a power, love, and a sound mind. Fear comes because of sin. And do you know what? Every person deep down inside, they may not want to admit it, but the tr truth of the matter is everyone fears death, the unknown. And people can call it whatever they want. There are people that call themselves atheists. There is no God. Nothing happens. The Bible calls those who are atheists, he calls them fools. Well, that's not very nice of God to call them a fool. Why does God call them a fool? Because the Bible says that God gives everyone a little bit of light. Everyone knows there's a God. You might not believe in him like you should, but everyone knows there's a God. God puts that inside of every human being that's ever placed on the, in this world. Everyone knows there's a God. The heavens declare the glory of God. But what people do is, an atheist, if I just don't believe, I don't have to fear. So by removing God, you can remove the fear. Or on the other case, and I've asked this, any atheist I've ever run into, I ask them one question always. What did God do to hurt you so bad that you don't believe in him? The one question I ask. I always name something that happened in their life. I said the problem is you do believe in God because you just said what he did in your life. 
What we do is we think by taking God out, we can remove the hurt or the fear by disassociating ourselves with God. The thing is, God is always there. And not knowing Christ, there is fear. Shepherds, they were fearful, but they were getting ready to hear the good news, plan of salvation. You know, when I was a kid and I heard the gospel, and I heard that all sinners should go to hell, I was fearful. That's what I deserve for my sin. But that fear went away pretty quick when I heard the good news, how Jesus died for my sins so that I could go to heaven. Perfect love, what does it do? It casteth out all fear, the Bible says. That's the love that Christ has for you and for me. We see these shepherds and we see their burden. We see, as we look here at the blessedness of their lives, we see, let us see the brilliance of these shepherds' lives. After they met Jesus, the baby, their lives were forever changed. Look with me if you've got your Bible still open at Luke chapter number 2. Go down to verse number 15. It came to pass as the angels were gone away from them into heaven. The shepherds said one to another, Let us now go even unto Bethlehem and see this thing which has come to pass, which the Lord has made known unto us. And they came with haste and found Mary and Joseph and the babe lying in a manger. And when they had seen it, they made known abroad the saying which is told them concerning this child. And all they that heard it wondered at those things which were told by the shepherds. Like these outcasts? What did they see? Shepherds, after they were done, they, they might have been those that in society they wouldn't talk very much. They were kind of the outcasts. <clears throat> but man, they met Jesus. They were telling everybody about it. And people were like, is this that guy that was watching those sheep up on that hill over there? But Jesus changed them. When the shepherds heard the message, they reacted with fear. But that fear eventually led to their salvation. That's how it works with us. Three times we've seen in the story of Jesus and four with Zacharias, the angel came and three times the initial reaction was based on fear. However, when the fear had been dealt with, the Lord's message was allowed to come through. The message was seen for what it really was. There was no fear that day. Why? Because the answer to all the world's problems was coming. Hey Mary, there's no need to fear. You're going to give birth to the Savior of the world that's going to save his people from their sins. Hey, Joseph, there is no need to fear. You don't have to understand it all. That boy that you're going to help raise, he's my son, and he's going to save the world. He's Emmanuel. He's God with you all. Shepherds, hey, I know you might be the outcast, you might be the rejects of society. I know you're fearful, but I've got a message. For unto you is born this day in the city of David a Savior, which is Christ the Lord. There's no fear. No need to fear. Let me just remind you of something. <clears throat> when it comes to God, fear is a good thing as well. Now, some people don't understand that. You say, Pastor, you told me fear not. Now you're telling me to fear God. The Bible says the fear of the Lord is the beginning of wisdom. We should fear God. That's a holy reverence for God. But we should not fear the future because we know the one who already lives in tomorrow. That's why the song could say many things about tomorrow I don't seem to understand. But hey, I know who holds tomorrow, and I know who holds my hand. You've got to trust him. Mary, she trusted him and said, Lord, I don't understand what's going to happen all fully, but whatever you say, I'll do. <coughs> Joseph, <coughs> Lord, you see, all, I don't understand what's all going to happen. Lord, I'll do what you say. Shepherds, there was fear, and they went. They went on the rest of their days glorifying and praising God. Someone had cited three keys to happiness in life, and I'm going to give those to you, and we'll be done here in just a minute. The first one is don't fret. Fret not. Why? Because he loves you. 
Fret not because he's uh, preparing a home in heaven for you. Hey, number two, faint not because he's the one holding you up. And fear not because he keeps you. Is there fear in your heart today? Bring it to the Lord. Is there sadness today? Bring it to him. Is there fear over your sin and not going to heaven? You can get that settled today. Whatever the case may be. Hey, church, don't fear the circumstances of life. Trust the one who's got everything under control. You can trust him. Do you know why we got this book? Full of promise after promise and full of all these wonderful things to show us that God still delivers and his promises are true. You can rest in them. And even when you don't understand, when the fears creep up in your life, you can say, Lord, I'll be okay. I know you know what's going on and I trust you. Or the Bible says to trust in the Lord with all our hearts and lean not to our own understanding. Church, we need to learn to trust him. There's no need to fear tomorrow because he's already there and he will see you through. I love that song, God leads his dear children along. Some through the waters, some through the flood, some through the fire, but all through the blood. Some through great sorrow, <coughs> but God gives a song. The truth is God leads us along. You can trust him today. And I know sometimes we look at people and we look at circumstances and it's like, there's no one I can trust. And trust, it's very hard. Because everyone in this life that you trust, they will violate that trust at some point. They will wrong you in some way because we're not perfect. But I can promise you something this morning. He will never fail you. He will never forsake you. You can trust him. If you're not saved and don't know the Lord as your Savior this morning, you could trust him for salvation. You could know that heaven is your home and get that settled because of what the Bible says. If you have fear over something happening in your life, you can trust him. If you have fear over a spider, carry, carry a sandal or something with you to kill it. I've only probably screamed a couple times like a girl in my life. And one time was uh, late one night here at church. And you guys, I don't know if you've experienced much at the house, but we, we get things sprayed around here more often. But back in the day, I walked right into this huge web. And one of those big spires in those webs was right in my face. And uh, it's like that guy on Home Alone screaming when that tarantula, ah! something like that. And so that, that was me. But church, there's no need to fear today. Trust him. Put your trust in the Lord. <coughs> he always comes through. Father, we thank you.